nobody with the New York Yankees. The shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 89 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by NYYSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You? And still on a train. Still on a goddamn train. How long is this train ride? Long, long train ride down to Florida there. Shouldn't it only take like a day? What was he doing? He was playing Top Golf last night. Was what, that he what sent that us a was? video? Sent us a video, and I gotta say, he said he he texted with the video. He said pretty good for not swinging a club in ten years. Let me tell you a little something about that. Last time Ryan Ryan swung a club, stack guy Ryan swung a club. We were in Bermuda with my dad on a cruise. We show up to so the golf were, course. So there used to be cruise guy Ryan. Cruise guy Ryan. We show up to the golf course. We took mopeds there. My dad fell, and we get to the golf course. Ryan has a, used to have a pretty bad temper. I think he still does, but I'm not sure. Three holes in, the entire course was was demolished. Broke his club, threw it over the threw it over the ledge, and said, "I'm never fucking golfing again." That's what he said. That was his exact. Words. That was her, his exact <laughs> words. And then, so so anyway, back to the video. He's in his backswing, and I was like, "Ugh!" But then he goes through the ball, and it actually was pretty good. I gotta say. So he's not actually on a train. He's at a Top Golf somewhere. He's at a Top Golf now, which is a little sneaky. Yeah, that is a little sneaky. Because he told us he couldn't be here today because he was on a train. On a train. Now he's in Florida, and he spent the week in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Back to Florida. No Alabama. Now he's back on a train. I'm a little suspicious about this. Yeah. Cause I don't ask questions. But he's your brother. Yeah, I see. And if something goes down, the cops are showing up at your house. Hmm. I have a gold card. Are you throwing your brother under the train? <laughs> I have a gold card, so. That's only if you get stopped by the police. Like no, it works speeding. for anything. Oh, really? If the cops just want to ask you questions, you just give them the gold card. So, Mr. Stacy, uh, can you tell me why there's a dead body in your backyard? Sir, I have a gold card. Okay. Okay, uh, see ya. Well, uh, you know who uh, said see ya to free agency? Who? Nathan Avoldi. See ya. Another Sign. one. Another one bites the dust. Signed with the Red Sox four years. Uh, what do you get? Just over 68? I think so. Something ridiculous. I Not know for the Red Sox, though. Do you blame the Red Sox? No, I don't blame them, but that was your guy. Right. That Oh, for me? Yeah. It was, but not at that price. Not at that price. So what? this is what I brought up on Twitter last night, and I've gotten a lot of good responses from fans. Uh, what? If you... if the, Should the Yankees overpay for players just because, quote, they're the Yankees. I think what Yankee fans need to get over is that this is a new way. You say it all the time. George Steinbrenner's dead. It sounds it sounds crude and whatever, but he's dead. This is a new way that this team operates, and they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that anymore. They're going to spend their money wisely. And I always go back to the post-2009 years where... This team stopped even making the playoffs. How treacherous was that? We had guys that were aging and getting crazy amounts of money every year, and everyone complained. They're not going to do that shit anymore. If um, if if we're talking a guy like Corey Kluber was a free agent, I'd say go crazy. But there's too much risk in all these guys we talk about 
for them to just be stupid with their money. And a lot of fans that responded to my tweet seem to be under that sentiment. It's like we got rational. Maybe maybe negative Yankee Twitter was sleeping last night when I posted it, and I just had rational Yankee Twitter. Maybe. But I would say 98% of the responses I got, and I got a good amount of responses, said that, no, the Yankees should not overpay for players just because they're the Yankees. They shouldn't go out there and blow up the market. They cuz here's here's where we go back to Patrick Corbin. Corbin got 6 years and 140 million dollars, which is that number is outrageous to outrageous. me. Outrageous. The Yankees wanted Pat Corbin. The Yankees need Pat Corbin. And I'm calling him Pat cuz I I have no respect for him. No. Uh, you know, you want to be you want to take your money and go to Washington. Take your money and go to Washington. Yeah. Pat. I'm not going to respect you, Pat. No, I got no respect for you. I ain't got no respect. But now you know that if, the, if he came back to Cashman and said, "Look, I got six one forty. You beat that. I'm coming to. The, I'm coming to you. I'm not even going to give Washington a chance to match it." Now, should Cashman have said, "Yeah, I'll give. I'll give you six and one fifty. No, because it, it was outside of their blueprint. And and if you looked at Pat Corbin's numbers throughout his career, and they were off the charts, then maybe you get a little stupid with it. He's but here. But he's not. He's just the sexiest name that was a free agent. He's a good pitcher in a weak. He was a good pitcher in a weak free agent market. And yeah, the Yankees wanted him. And they and apparently it came out this week from Jack Curry that they never officially right. offered him anything, but they believed that Cashman was comfortable putting five and a hundred on the table. And I just want to say this: I'm not the type of person, and and neither are you, to sit. To sit here and after the Yankees pass on him and he signs somewhere else to say, guys, he's really not that good. That's not what I'm trying to do. Did the Yankees need him? Yeah, they needed a guy like him because he was the best available. And I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm trying to now rationalize why Brian Cashman didn't drop his pants for this guy. Because you got now you got to really look at the numbers and say, was it worth it to go above and beyond at that point? And it's really not. You already got... You already got... Uh, James even, Paxton. James Paxton, right? So if that move wasn't made, James Paxton wasn't on the table. I, I don't know. Maybe you look at it a little differently, but everyone's downplaying James Paxton. There's people on Twitter acting like James Paxton, that that trade never even happened. I can't even tell you how many tweets I fielded in the past uh, couple of days since uh, Corbin signed with the Nationals that people have said, what's Cashman going to do to improve the pitching staff? Did you like honestly, people? Like, I don't want to come out here every time we record a podcast and yell and scream at the fans. But he got James Paxton. His goal was to get two. Well, he used the words. What do you say? Elite, top end, whatever. Yeah. The words he used. Two starting pitchers. He got one. The winter meetings are. Well, we're recording Saturday afternoon, so you'll hear this Monday morning. The winter meetings are beginning the day that you're listening to this podcast. Can he have the winter meetings to talk to GMs, to meet with free yes. agents, see what the hell's going on out there? And 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 look at it like this, because everyone's looking at James Paxson and they're going, you know, he's coming over to the AL East. He's not he's not a dominant ace. Guys, I'm not going to say it again. We have what we are supposed to call a dominant ace already. If if this year Severino is is you know falls into that rut again, then you can come back to me and say we need a dominant ace. James Paxton, if anything, 
gives this team stability, gives this rotation stability that you can you can trust this guy every fifth day. And we just brought him over here, and he's going to do a really good job for this team. This was a this was a very very good move. But here's something I want to ask you real quick, because if there's anything I give you credit for. It's stuff like this that you're much better and you're very good at, at this kind of stuff and remembering it. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans out there are saying Brian Cashman doesn't know how to put together a pitching staff, doesn't know who to spend his money on. Off the top of your head, can you think of any free agent elite? I'm not talking Patrick Corbin. I'm talking elite aces, bona fide aces in their prime. That were free agents that Brian Cashman passed on. The big name that comes up time and time again is Max Scherzer. Okay. And when when exactly was that? Scherzer signed with Washington going into the 2015 season. He got seven years and $210 million from the Nats. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we crazy high on the payroll with A-Rod still being on there? And we had Teixeira still on there. Mm-hmm. I mean... And McCann and Beltran and Tanaka and CeCe. And at that point, I can't sit here and confidently say that the Yankees knew they were on the brink of trying to rebuild this team, but we all felt it was coming there. It was getting there. It was coming close. And if they signed Scherzer at that point, guess what? We don't have guys that we have now. We're handcuffed yet again. And Max Scherzer is, in my opinion... Could you call him the best in the game right now just because he's so consistent? Uh, He's in a conversation for sure. But in 2015, was he really? I mean, he was just getting there. He didn't really become elite until the last few years. I'm looking at the Yankees staff from 2015 here, and I guess it lists uh, Adam Warren as their fourth starter, but that can't be correct. (laughs) I don't think so. Because they got uh, Nathan Avaldi, CeCe, Tanaka, and Pineda, which there had to be somebody else in there. Adam Warren wasn't their fourth their fourth starter. Pettit, no? No, Andy retired. Andy retired the same year Mariano did. God, that was so long ago already. I can't believe that. Now, that, that website was wrong because I knew we were missing somebody. CeCe, Pineda, Evaldi, Tanaka, and Ivan Nova. Oh, Nova, duh. And that was the year that Seve came up. And made eleven was. Am I on the right year? You're all over. We, you know who we need right now. It's that guy, Ryan. Yeah, Sevy debuted in 2015. Well, yeah, yes, that he was did. That in was, 16 is when he struggled. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 15, right. 15. He was actually really good. Yeah. No? So the Yang. All right. Yeah. So Sevy came up in 2015. I can't. I can't believe. When did he go into the bullpen? 2016. 2016 and yeah. he was really dominant. Out of the, was, yeah, because that was when he was really starter. good. Yeah, he was. Dom, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they sent him down. He came back up, and he was in the bullpen, yeah, and, he was, and he was he was lights, lights out. out. Yeah, in 2015, you got 29 starts out of CC, 27 out of Pineda, 27 out of Evaldi, 24 out of Tanaka, and then uh, it looks like Nova might have been hurt because you got 17 out of him, and then Sevy made 11. So going into the 2015 season based on that did it seem like the Yankees had a need for a starting pitcher I mean it wasn't as as apparent as it is now you still had CC I mean it was this was bad CC yeah but Tanaka was there and think about think you had, about you had Nova you had 
uh, Pineda, who the Yankees still were hoping were, and Evaldi. That's your five right there. Where and, was and there? think about think about the confidence and the reluctancy to give up on Severino. We all know what kind of expectations they had out of him too. They didn't give up on him, and even as dominant as he was was out of the bullpen. They kept telling us, no, he's a starting pitcher. He's a top-of-the-line pitcher. So with that in their mind, they're going to go throw money at Max Scherzer? See, revisionist history is is so great because it's like, yeah, well, if the Yankees would have done this, but then you don't look at what could have happened. Think about if the Yankees throw that type of money at Max Scherzer he signs here. That means, you know, maybe they move Nova, which in hindsight's not a big deal. They trade him for something, right? Mm -hmm. But then... Now Sevy's blocked. He's in the he's in the minor leagues. Now maybe you make that deal for Chris Sale in 2016. Yeah. Because now maybe you know I got Scherzer, I got Tanaka, I got Cece. Maybe the maybe Cashman feels a little bit differently about trying to acquire Chris Sale and trades Luis Severino in that deal. And guess what, folks? If the Yankees don't rebuild and call a guy named Aaron Judge up. The Yankees never had these crazy scouting reports and expectations from Aaron Judge. There was talks of that that who was it? The Braves. The Braves trade that Judge was included yeah, in. Yeah, so was Gary Sanchez. And so was Gary because they didn't really know what kind of great talent these guys no, were. If you you have to read Brian Hoke's book, which I gave you like nine months ago, which I, I do have to I, I have to go through which I guarantee it, yeah. you never even opened. <laughs> But the Yankees knew the type of talent that Gary Sanchez was. But not Judge. No, I'm not going to say anybody ever thought Aaron Judge was going to be a perennial MVP candidate, which he kind of has morphed into. But they, he was a first-round pick. It's not like they thought he was a bag of trash. But my point is, if they get Scherzer at that, at that point in time, and they're still building upon what they already have, do they rebuild in 2016? They probably trade Aaron Judge. Right. So you don't know those things. That that could have been a genius move, not getting Scherzer. You can't really look at that. Yeah, because if you look at it on the surface, Scherzer and Sale at the expense of Sevi and Nova probably looks really pretty good right now. Yeah. Really good right yes. now, right? Mm-hmm. But are you willing to take that risk that maybe Aaron Judge gets moved because the Yankees are in a win-now mode in 2015, 2016? And they couldn't be. They were so handcuffed that... Getting Scherzer would have just made it worse. It would have made it worse. We'd be even more miserable now. So back to your original question, what's the big free agent pitcher that Cashman has missed out on? You know, it's Max Scherzer. But again, you know, we're looking at the rotation in 2015. Starting pitching really wasn't a need. You can say, yeah, Scherzer's better than Pineda. Scherzer's better than Nivaldi. Scherzer's better than, than Nova. But the Yankees, all had, they all had certain expectations for these guys. And they weren't going to go out there and spend $210 million on a starting pitcher when they had... CC was still on his original contract making, what, $25 million a year. Just Tanaka's about, making yeah. $25 million a year. They had McCann on the books. They had Beltran on the books. A-Rod, Teixeira. Uh, uh, who has bronchitis? Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacoby. So they had all these big contracts on the books. And now you're going to throw $210 million at an area that you know realistically wasn't a need... I can't, you know, I I just don't see it. It's because everyone takes our mindset now and they like, think yeah, well, it's the mindset we, we from could back really then. Need, we could really use Max Scherzer right now. Well, duh, but could you? <laughs> did you really need him? I mean, honestly, did you really need him in 2015? No, no. Like if Didi's healthy right now, right? 
I'm not even thinking about getting Manny Machado. I disagree with you. Bro, but think about it. If you if Didi's healthy right now, where are you playing Manny Machado? Didi's injury is opening a door for Manny Machado to get here. It just seems too perfect. It seems too perfect. If that Didi's Manny health, was talked about so but much. If Didi Gregorius is healthy, where is Manny Machado playing on opening day? I think Cashman is a lot more aggressive in moving Andujar for a top tier pitcher. No, that's uh, that's something that you got to take into account there. But I still think uh, how in your mind, in your gut, without going too far into it, because since doing this podcast and starting MIY Sports Talk, it's very difficult to just look at things as just a fan instead of really trying to dive into it and, and be rational. In your mind, how likely do you think it is that Kluber or Bauer end up on this team? Here, probably 30%. Okay. I feel, as a fan, I just feel confident about it, but I think it's just my expectations. I think it's just my excitement as a Yankee fan. You could, uh, yeah, you know, I'm hoping that Cashman pulls something off for one of those two guys. It's better than anything out there in the free agent market. Um, Are you okay giving up Florial and Andujar for Corey Kluber Florial, or Bauer. Florial is not even a thought in my mind right now. Right, I agree. If I'm not, if you're telling me 2020 or 2021 for this guy, I don't care. No, I don't either. I agree. The only reason why I'm open to trading Andujar is because Manny Machado was sitting out there. That's the only reason. If Machado's not a free agent, I don't want to trade him. And even next year, when Nolan Arenado's a free agent. So, you know, if you whiff on Manny this year, you can go out and get Arenado next year. Those are the only two reasons why I would be okay with trading Andujar. But if I don't have those options at third base to replace him, I don't want to trade Miguel Andujar. The guy was phenomenal last year. Yeah. It's so funny seeing, like, there's a lot of rational Yankee fans out there okay with giving up Andujar for a top starting pitcher. I'm actually shocked. I thought there would be more outrage. And it's what I was going to say to follow up the Machado question, uh, comment. The Yankees need a left fielder. You, I, I, We love Brett Gardner, but come on. I don't want the guy to start every no, day. No, yeah. And honestly, I would feel a lot better with Bryce Harper playing left field than John Carl Stan. I'll ask you another question. So that's why I'm pushing, before you ask your question, for Harper. Because in my mind, and maybe you can call me crazy if you want to, I see a need in the outfield for Bryce Harper. I couldn't agree with you more. And he's left-handed. My next question, putting aside MIY Sports Talk, we've never done this. Put aside all the the research and the rational thought of money and contracts and all that. Are you a little frustrated and impatient with Brian Cashman right now that a, that another starting pitcher hasn't gotten here yet? No, because I don't think I would think of this anything any differently if this was two, three years ago before we had started I definitely this. would. Yeah, you. I know I for de- a fact. You know you, that. You know that. You would be flying off the handle right now. I, yes, I absolutely and would be. And you've been pretty close to it a couple of times. I though, have, right? and you want to know why? Because regardless of all of this, it's not that... I think the Yankees are are being reluctant or not trying to make this team better. It's that with all the social media out there now and the and the tweets, you know, Patrick Corbin takes a shit at Yankee Stadium and it's being reported uh, the second he flushes the toilet. It's like constant. 
So you have all these updates and you're constantly refreshing your feed and you're waiting for something big to happen. You're hearing these names. Yankees going after Evaldi now. They were after, you know, Patrick Corbin. They're after this guy, that guy talking to the Indians. You still you have those expectations, excitement. So to hear these guys sign then with other players, it does it didn't make sense for the Yankees to sign Evaldi or Corbin at those prices, but it's still a little frustrating in a sense of I just want something big to happen all right so let's say the Yankees go out there and they sign you know you want something to happen so they sign Jay Happ right and then all of a sudden Indians are like well you know what we're gonna give away Trevor Bauer and we're really not gonna ask a lot for him and then you see what he gets traded for but the Yankees are now like shit we just signed Jay Happ what are we? because the fans wanted us to do something yeah I, yeah I, no I agree with you so you have to, this is what I'm trying to tell, I want people to understand. You can, if you really thought Patrick Corbin was that good and you're upset that he's not a Yankee, fine. That's your prerogative. I disagree with you, but that's your right. But wait to see what the full picture is. You don't know what Brian Cashman is doing. Right. You don't know. You don't know who he's talking to. That's why everyone upset about James Paxton being here. Those people that are upset are upset because they think he's the end-all, be-all when it comes to the offseason. He got this guy because he's part of the puzzle. He's just a piece. Cashman didn't get Paxton and then sit back down on his ass and say, all right, here we go. And We're I've, good. And I've said it on here before. How many times have you heard the Yankees are a lock for this guy and they don't get him? Yeah. How many times have... Brian Cashman went out there and got somebody that you're like, oh, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, you knew there was interest in James Paxton, but it, nobody reported it. And then all of a sudden, I'm pulling up to my driveway and it's like, James Paxton's a Yankee? <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear anything about that. I actually read a really, really good article. And the same, before you get into that, and then the same thing with last year. Yankees weren't linked to John Carlos Stan. And then yeah. all of a sudden, John Carlos Stan's a Yankee. Yeah. And that's why the less I hear about Bryce Harper coming to the Yankees, the, the better more, I yeah. feel about it. Because Brian Cashman's not going to be like, yeah, guys, we really want Bryce Harper. Because what he wants to do is to create the illusion that they don't want him. Because as soon as the Yankees get involved in something, the price goes up. I I read a really good article on a journalist that was uh, you know, in Major League Baseball, reporting on Major League Baseball. And he talked about how difficult it is to to have a credible source within an organization because every GM, every every oh, so you mean all these jagoffs on Twitter that mm-hmm. have sources? They're not credible. Mm, sometimes yes, sometimes no. We'll get into that. But anyway, he was just kind of talking about how it's tough to know who to trust because every organization in their in you know in management, any officer within that organization. They have certain guys that they are going to give the big story to, the true story, and let them break it. But then there's pawns. There's a lot of pawns where Brian Cashman could call up a guy who he doesn't necessarily consider his big go-to media guy and say, hey, just letting you know, uh, I'm going to sit and offer you know Bryce Harper a deal. And then he goes out there and starts reporting this, and it's all just a game. It's all just to throw everybody off and to and to change the focus. 
So we, so technically, a lot of the stuff we read, we don't even know how true it is, or how, or how much Brian Cashman is actually interested in in said guy or whatever. And that's the beauty of kind of this moment in the off season where we don't even know we could, he could land a guy that we've never even talked about. That's what I keep saying. Like you know, let him do his job. Yeah. And the winter meetings are a big part of building a team in the offseason. So before you freak out, let at the very least, give him this week. I think the Yankees, deep down, I think they knew they weren't going to land Corbin. I think it was too too obvious that if not the Nationals, at least the Phillies were going to offer him more years. Well, apparently uh, he was told er, at the dinner, before the dinner, that Corbin wanted to beat you Darvish, you Darvish's right. contract, and that's just something the Yankees weren't going to do. And I don't blame him. Honestly, I don't blame him. So, so why meet with him to drive up the price to to make a guy like Hap possibly come down in price, make a guy like Avaldi come down? No, in you price? had legitimate interest in him. You were offer. You wanted to offer him a legitimate contract. You know, so it's you know maybe once you get a guy in a door. And you're you're not off. It's not like the Yankees were going to offer him two years at twelve million dollars a year. You're offering him five at, at twenty a year. See, with Corbin off, and to get him in the door, and maybe you know if he's that big of a Yankee fan to f- walk on the field at Yankee Stadium to see himself in pinstripes, you know maybe he might be like, yeah, I'm, I want to play here. There's guys that have done that, but but yeah, for you know I don't know if that that obviously was. Not worth the forty million dollars that he got from Washington. I think now that Corbin has has signed somewhere, I think that's what's making me so confident that the Yankees snag Kluber or Bauer, or that the Indians are at least going to be a little more aggressive in moving them moving them now. Well, they re- they and this is a steal. This is a steal of a contract, if you ask me. That are you they talk about the Kipnis stuff. Uh, no, Carlos Carrasco. They gave him a three year, thirty seven and a half million dollar extension. Yeah. Which that's kind of shocking. That's a steal. Which to me, which a lot of people thought uh, takes him off the table of being traded, but to me, it doesn't entirely because that's that contract is so attractive to teams that they might be willing to pony up bigger prospects because he they got him under control control, for three years at thirteen million dollars a year for somebody with his talent. Yeah, and think about it. I think he's better. Than Corbin, and he's making $10 million a year less than Patrick Corbin. Yeah, that's a great point. Kind of stupid on his end. Security. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like he's worth more. Yeah, but you know what? It's hard. If you're in that position, though, and you're not a free agent, and you, you know somebody's offering you $37 million a year as a pitcher, I mean, you know this. You hurt your shoulder playing baseball. Of course. You know, you're one arm injury away from never making a dollar again in your life. Ivaldi getting the contract he did after what he's been through is the exception. That that doesn't happen. That does not happen. A guy comes back like that. But you know what? To your point, I never even thought of it that way. That kind of a steal of a contract, that definitely leaves Carrasco on the table. That kind of makes him more attractive to me. You're going to have to give up big names anyway for him. Now, now you just have a guy who's under more control. Uh, yeah, so that's why I'm saying a lot of people thought that took Carrasco off the table. I think you might have to look at it that teams might be more inclined to try to pry him away sure. now, knowing that they got that type of talent at that at that price for three more years. Sure, because these GMs know 
that they were going to have to give up something big for him anyway. And I think the I think that move was was in the That's Indians' a sad, favor. That was a savvy move by Chernoff because. Either A, you keep a really good pitcher on your squad for three more years yep. at, at really, really good money. Rate. Or you just upped his you actually just upped his trade value. Yeah, you you actually did both in in that one move. So, you know, obviously the Yankees are gonna have to make a move somewhere. They need a starting pitcher. Uh, as we sit here and talk a couple days before the uh, winter meetings actually open here, I ran two polls on NYY Sports Talk Twitter this week. Uh, we'll break them down a little bit right now. The first one, and this, and I posted this before Evaldi uh, signed with the Red Sox. The first one was, out of the free agent pitchers remaining... Which one would you like the Yankees to sign the most? And it was Hap, Evaldi, Keuchel, and Charlie Morton. How do you think the fans voted on that? I'm going to cheat because I think I know. Hap. Hap, yeah, it was Hap 38%, DK, which is if he ever became a Yankee, that's what I'd call him. I'd call him DK. DK. Got 33%, Nate got 21 and Charlie Morton way behind it, 8%. But I read an article today that the Yankees might shift their attention to signing Charlie Morton. Really? And to be honest with you, I'm a little intrigued by it. I'm a little intrigued by it. Apparently, Morton only wants to pitch two more seasons. You'd have to give him an average annual uh, salary of about 15 to $16 million a year. That's kind of high. Not really. Not for two years. Okay. You're right. You got to think about it. If you can it. get him for two years, you're right. And if you look at his numbers, he was a really, uh, I have Charlie Morton pulled up here, a guy that pitched in 1884. It's not the Charlie Morton I'm looking for here. Are you sure? Yeah, I want the Charlie Morton that actually pitched this century. Charlie Morton, if you look at his numbers um, previous to becoming a an Astro, they're running the mill. He's got an ERA on here as high as 7.57, but as low as 3.26. In his years previous to becoming an Astro. Now, he goes to the Astros, all of a sudden he finds his spin rate, and he backs it up with a 14-win season and a 15-win season, where last year was his best year as a pro, the only time he's ever made 30 starts, and had his lowest career ERA at 3.13 at 35 years old. Now, we all know, we can all read the tea leaves, listen to Trevor Bauer, conspiracy theories of what might be going on down there, but... Is it worth a two-year gamble for the Yankees? If they didn't get James Paxson, no. But because we do have James Paxson, I'd be willing to roll the dice. Do you trust Larry Rothschild to get the best out of him like Brent Strom has gotten out of him down in Houston? My my reasoning for not wanting Larry Rothschild on this team anymore is not because of his production. Because I've said it a million times, if you actually, instead of just... Instead of just reacting on how you feel at the surface, look into the pitching numbers since he's been the pitching coach of the New York Yankees. They're they're through the roof. They're better than most. So I don't know if I could say I wouldn't trust him with it. I just don't want Larry here regardless of that because of some stuff that went down last year. But yeah, I got to say I would trust him. And I and you know what? You said it. You said it best. Two years, you're really not risking much. What's the worst that happens? He makes 10 starts here and he has a 70 array through and, June. I don't know if that would happen. I'm just saying, though. You're saying, what's the worst that could happen? It's June and he's 0-9 with a 7.1 array. That's the worst that could happen. 
<laughs> you could say that about anyone, though. But <laughs> you said, what's the worst that could happen? Realistically. I don't think that's realistic. No, I think if he came here, the worst that would happen is he'd be an average pitcher again. and pitch With through a four, like, some, four yeah, or five four ERA, and I'd ERA. take that. Would you? Is, I would, because I think Charlie Morton at least has the makeup to go out there every fifth day and keep control of himself. Whereas Sonny Gray might have had that same type of VRA, but he just, he went out there and on those days he didn't have it. He was just, he was putting everyone at risk. The bullpen, you know, these guys throwing way too many innings. I don't think Morton would do that. I think Morton has enough control mentally and physically to even if he wasn't the most dominant, to still eat up innings and to still do his job every fifth day. So now that Evaldi's off the board, out of the three guys remaining, is happier first pick, free agent wise. Out of the guys, if you're, telling, if you're telling me that they're not going to trade of anyone, ah, uh, maybe I, uh, I'd say realistically, Hap would be my first pick, but Keuchel is probably the guy I'd rather have. You're gonna have to lock him up longer term, though, and I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with that right now. I would be intrigued by Charlie Morton for two years because you're not tied down. If it doesn't work out, it's, you know, it'll probably be an easily movable contract. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I'm intrigued by it. But again, is is Hap going to price himself out of what the Yankees are willing to pay him? Um, Probably. Yeah. He probably, honestly, he's, he's going to get offered more than what the Yankees are willing. I see it coming. I really do. But here's a question I have to ask you. Again, a lot of questions today for you. Mm-hmm. I read an article, I was doing a lot of reading, trying to get my uh, reading in, my practice. And I read an article that the Yankees could shift gears here and not necessarily be so aggressive on a starting pitcher anymore and instead look to build a stronger bullpen spend more money that way and get Harper or Machado and be done with it. But at that point, who's your fifth starter? You can't bring Sonny Gray back. Right. That can't happen. And then who's, who's the other choice? Bidwell? What's his name? Bidwell? That that won't happen, right? Absolutely not. So then that can't be, you still got to get someone. If Brian Cashman didn't unequivocally state that he's trading Sonny Gray, at that point, if you're telling me now you're bringing in three top-level relievers and getting Bryce Harper, and you're going to just deal with Sonny Gray, and hopefully maybe he's decent this year, yeah, I could live with it. I guess I could live I with couldn't. it. But how do you can't come back from what Brian Cashman said. You can't be just no, like no, no. on Feb- Yankees pitchers and catchers report on February 13th. You can't be like on February 13th seeing Sonny Gray strolling with his, with his gym bag and be like, ah, just, just fucking, kidding, just, bro. Just messing with you guys. Just I'm kidding. Here. Just kidding. You're no. Like you can't do that. No. If he didn't, like I said, if he didn't just flat out state, oh, I'm trading Sonny Gray, and Sonny Gray came back and he did those things, you are pretty pissed off that Sonny Gray's still in your rotation, but you you deal with it. I don't deal with it. Uh, you, I, I'm I'm I, I get, very disappointed at that point. Yeah, but he said I'm trading this guy. You don't come back from that. I'm so you, you can't come back from that. <laughs> he said it even 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 a little further than that. If if I expect anything to happen during the winter meetings, it's that Sonny Gray no longer gets his fan mail sent to Yankee Stadium. What fan mail? Somebody likes Sonny Gray. Mm. Somebody has to like Sonny Gray. 
Because, like, it wasn't even like Cashman was just like, yeah, we're probably going to look to part ways with Sonny Gray. And I know there's teams out there that he's attractive to. And he could be a really good pitcher. He was, he literally, before he said any of those nice things, he was like, look, I'm sick of trying to make this work here because clearly it's never going to. He literally said, I don't want to push this rock up the hill again, only for it to roll roll me over. Come on, you can't bring a guy back after saying that. That's what I'm saying. If he <laughs> if he didn't say any of those things and brought back Sonny Gray, yeah, you'd be disappointed. But you don't be like, all right, you know what? It's one more year of Sonny Gray. Right. But he said that shit. You no, know, he said it. He said it. It's like going to your friends, right, and saying you're, you're with this girl and you're just like, I can't deal with her anymore. She's such a bee. And... I hate her. She's so obnoxious. What what a what a bad woman. I'm breaking up with her. I'm dumping her. And then you show up at the Christmas party. Hey guys, Susie's here. <laughs> and it's ha- it happens all the time. And that, you're just like, "Come on, man. Not, you deserve better." You de- and Susie deserves better. And then it's just like, guys, I was just mad at Susie that day. It's not like I really do love her. Like, look, she's pretty, right? She's pretty. You deserve better. Susie deserves better. Cashman and the Yankees deserve better. And Sonny should and go Sonny to some place that loves better. him. Yes. He they if he wins twelve games in Cincinnati, they will build a statue for him. Yes. Don't you want that for Sonny Gray? I do. And for Susie. And for Susie. Poor too. Susie. Poor Susie. Um yeah, so let's move on to the trade uh, poll that I posted here. If the Yankees are going to pull off a trade for a big-name starting pitcher, and as uh, as we're reading this, there's still about 10 hours to vote, but you, you know, by this point, the, the numbers aren't going to change much. Um, who would you want them to target? You got Mad Bum, who, thank God Ryan's not here. He was just jumped through going the ceiling. Through, yeah. uh, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, or I couldn't think of a good fourth one, and I put Zach Greinke on here because his name has been floated around, and you know Arizona would love to move him, so I put him on here. So, you know, who's your pick out of those four guys? It's kind of tough. Um, and let me, before you say that, um, I don't know, approximately 20 people voted for Zach Greinke, and I have to ask you to ask, ask this question to people that voted for Zach Greinke. Are you okay? Do you need help? Do you need a doctor? Like a legit like um, mental health professional. Because I have to question your desi- your decision-making skills at the very least. That out of the three guys listed on that poll, you want Zach Greinke. Who, to, in my opinion, is probably the worst. Uh, maybe the numbers don't pan out, but I just don't find him as sexy as the other three guys. And... <sighs> If you're worried about money, why are you paying? This guy is owed three years and a hundred and five million dollars. That's crazy. That's crazy. Thirty-five years old, and he's a guy who doesn't have the mental makeup to be successful here. He just—that's a Zach Ranky will tell you that himself. Yeah, it's not like we're making fun of a guy. No, and and he goes through whatever he goes through anxiety-wise, and I'm not playing anything off of that or making that a light situation anyway he just truly doesn't have the mental makeup to be successful in new york and i don't want another guy like that on my hands especially with that kind of money owed so he's out completely here's where it gets tough for me 
I think Madison Bumgarner would be my my number one option. But then when you look into everything, it doesn't make sense for what you're going to give up for the guy who hasn't pitched a full year in Major League Baseball in a few years now, who I know is great in October. But again, he's he's a free agent at the end of the year. My number one, call me crazy, Trevor Bauer. You're not crazy because the more and more I think about it, the more and more I would target Trevor Bauer. Give me Bauer because not only is he great in the postseason, he's dominant throughout the year. You got Bauer's numbers up? I'm going to because I ran a different poll on my personal Twitter, which I'm going to bring up right now if I can find it. Um, And it was just a simple yes or no question. Do you want Trevor Bauer on the Yankees? And 73% of fans voted that they would want Trevor Bauer on the Yankees. How could you not? I think all the reasons why you don't want Trevor Bauer on the Yankees have nothing to do with baseball. Correct. And and I would be a little weary of, of bringing him on board. He seems like a guy who is kind of secluded. Another guy who, again, not making light of the situation, but... Has it has been reported he does have some social um, issues. He's he's you know has a difficult time in that kind of a setting. I don't know if you want to bring a guy like that into this clubhouse, but let's leave all of that out for a second and just and just talk about how talented he really is when he does take the ball and he's on the mound. Before last season, Trevor Bauer never had an ERA lower than four point one eight. But last year, he dropped his ERA almost two full runs in pitching 175 innings. He did. He was hurt last year. Right? He broke his leg or something. Yeah, but wait. The year before, in 2017, what was his ERA? 419. Really? Yeah. Huh. He's never had a 200-inning season. He mostly ever pitched was 190, and that was in uh, 2016. But last year, he probably would have hit 200 innings if he didn't break his leg. Or he had that frag, he had a fracture or something. Do you know what he does in the offseason? Flies drones. No, not just that. He sits behind his computer and he and he makes up pitches. He's already throwing hitters. You don't watch his, his Instagram videos or Twitter nah. videos. He's already out there like throwing hitters and stuff. Really? Like doing full like uh He yeah. he practices different pitches with the spin rate and all this and all that. Yeah, call him nerdy, call him a dork, whatever you want. He's probably more knowledgeable than half the analytics groups out there that these organizations have. This guy is a very, very intelligent guy who is now using technology that's at his fingertips, no pun intended there, uh, to make him a better pitcher, and he did that last year. Here's the pros for Trevor Bauer. He's twenty. He's going to turn 28 in January, so he's younger. He's got l- way less miles on his arm than Bauer... Um, Bumgarner or Kluber. Mm-hmm. He's got Devin. I mean, his stuff is ridiculously good. It's really good. And is 2018 the fluke? Or did he just finally figure it all out now? I think he finally figured it all out. And I think that we talk a lot about guys being in their prime and how it's such a younger age now where you look at a position player who's 30 and you say to yourself, he's kind of old. I think it's. I think when it comes to starting pitching, because it's such a a a demanding position that it takes those extra years to really mature and find yourself as a pitcher, I think when it comes to starting pitching, it's 
kind of the old school way of being in your, I think at the age of 28 now, he found himself, he matured, he became a better pitcher. He took the extra time to, to become as dominant as he was. And I think that's why a lot of people have to be patient with Seve too. He's still so young. And if you trade for Bauer, you have an arbitration year this year and you have an arbitration year in 2020 and then he hits free agency in 2021. That's that's pretty attractive to me. And to me, at least, it seems like he would cost you less in a trade than Corey Kluber would. Yeah, but I'm not giving up on Kluber for Bauer at the expense of Andujar. Like, if you're telling me I could get Bauer without Andujar, but I could also get Kluber if I were to include Andujar... I'm going with Kluber. But how do you work that, though? You have to, if you're going to trade Andujar, you have to know you're signing Manny Machado. Do you make the trade before, and then and then what if Manny's just like, I'm going to Philadelphia. Now you don't have Andujar or Machado. Or do you make, or do you, uh, you sign Machado, and then Andujar is just like, I know I'm getting traded. I'll just find an apartment in Cleveland now. I think, I think those answers... I think those questions will be answered within this next week. I think Cashman's going to get a really good feel for what is going to be offered to Machado, if he's willing to offer it, and what he can get Bauer for or Kluber. I think those questions will be answered within the next week. And if you think that you can get Kluber or Bauer realistically, and in one of them you have to give up Andujar, and you know you have what it takes to get Machado, you're you're doing it simultaneously almost. And again, I'll say this. I don't want to trade Miguel Andujar. No, no one does. But if you realistically look at things, Kluber and Machado, does that make the Yankees better than, say, Happ and Andujar? Let's say that Happ is the guy yeah. the Yankees signed yes. in free agency. The combination of Happ and Andujar or the combination of Kluber and... And Machado, what makes the Yankees a better team in 2019? It's not even a question. And it and I'll go back to say that doesn't mean the Yankees aren't a championship caliber team if it ends up being Hap and Andujar. I still think they have a phenomenal, solid team top to bottom at that point, you know, adding on some bullpen arms. But if you're telling me, if you're asking me which makes them better, it's not even a question for debate. It's not Kluber and Machado. You're you're not only getting one of the best starting pitchers out there, you're also getting one of the best position players out there and adding them to this team. And people that don't, or the people that uh, are accusing Brian Cashman of being a prospect hugger, that's why he doesn't want to trade Andujar. That's, that's kind of ridiculous because if you look at if you look at it in the last two years, I'm going to give you proof right now that Brian Cashman is not a prospect hugger. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to give you the proof right here to, to shatter the glass that Brian Cashman is not a prospect hugger. You ready? David Robertson, Todd Frazier, Tommy Canely, Sonny Gray, Giancarlo Stanton, Jay Happ, Zach Britton, and James Paxton. Done. Convince me. So if he hugged his prospect, how did all those guys get on the Yankees? Cashman was actually brilliant getting all these guys in, building their value, and then dealing them for the right pieces. There's only one guy that is truly untouchable that Cashman's not going to trade, and that's Torres. But when you bring guys up, when you deplete the team and you bring guys up like Judge, Sanchez, and then Torres, Andujar, and these guys immediately pan out, you no longer 
are sitting there and saying, I can't get rid of these guys. Think about what they're think about what these guys in the minors are going to be in three, four years. No, the guys that they brought up are so good and so talented that now it's time to build upon the young talent that already did come up. Cashman's not hugging anyone. Do you would you even want Torres traded for anybody? No. And is he the only guy you can say that for? I mean, yeah, I, we're not including guys like Judge, right? Obviously not. No, yeah. And Andujar's not even really a prospect in my mind anymore, but he's your probably your biggest... And neither's tra- Torres. He's, yeah, he's probably your biggest trade chip, though. And the writing was on the wall to me when he didn't start Game 4 of the Division Series. Yeah, so that's not going to be a guy that you're telling me the Yankees aren't going to be willing to trade for a starting pitcher who is going to help them win a World Series. And again, if I don't have an option like Manny Machado out there to replace him, I don't want it. I would not even think about trading him. If you're telling me that they're gonna that you're not okay with them trading Andohar for Kluber or Bauer or whoever, then you're telling me that you're risking Andohar not even being in the game come ALDS, ALCS, World Series because you didn't want to get rid of him. For a guy who could be pitching you through those games and winning you a championship. And as great as Andujar was, how many at-bats was he averaging in the postseason? Two a game? Yeah. Yeah, because he was being taken out early anyway. What was going to him getting him out of the game is what, the fifth, sixth inning? As great as Andujar is, as much as we love him, I don't want a guy who the Yankees can't trust in the postseason. That's when it matters the most. I'd I'd rather turn him into a starting pitcher who is going to carry this team through the big games and to get us to where we need to be. And CMB was, for some god-awful reason, on Saturday morning, and I was listening to him on the way over here, and they said that, oh, if the Yankees trade Andujar and bring in Manny Machado, the fans aren't going to like that, and the fans really are not. They're not going to take to Manny Machado. I, I, don't, I don't know where that comes from. No, that's just stupid, irrational thoughts. If he sucks, yeah, no one's going to like no, of him. Of course. But if he comes if here and he hits three, two, three, tw- yeah, two, even if he hits 285, 290, you know, gives me 35 and 100, you're going to, why? Because he jogs the first base. You're not going to like him? I don't know about that. I just want to ask one last thing. I'm sure you're ready to wrap up soon. No, I have one more thing I wanted to bring up, but you can. Uh, I just, it's just a quick question that came to my mind the other night. I was thinking about Tanaka because I was really. I was really diving into this thought that Cashman doesn't know how to build a pitching staff, doesn't know how to spend his money. And they offered Tanaka a lot of money on a guy who never pitched a game in Major League Baseball. At this, I'm going to ask you two parts to this question. At this point in time, is the Tanaka deal garbage to you? That's a very loaded question. It is. At this point in time, would you say that that deal was just a waste of money? No. As a, is it a waste of money? No, it's not. If he pitches here for X amount more years and the Yankees continue to fall short and never win a championship, will you look back and say they never needed Tanaka? No, they still need it. Who would be in the rotation if they didn't sign Masahiro Tanaka? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just talking based on. Are you telling of, me then if they didn't go get Tanaka, then Scherzer would have been here I in just, 2015? No, I just think that, and this is my point of all this, Tanaka's such a roller coaster throughout the season and throughout the season never really panned out to what we expected. And I think that if they don't win a World Series with him, that you can look at that contract and kind of 
shake your head at it, but if he continues to be dominant in the postseason and carries this team through a World Series, that that's going to be a guy that you look back and say Cashman did a phenomenal job with. Or it's going to be a guy that people use against Cashman for spending that money on. Chris, you want to hear his numbers here? I do. They're uh, 2014, and he missed the, the latter part of the season, but still, uh, when he that elbow injury first came around, mm-hmm. 136 innings, he went 13 and five with a 2770 ERA. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 and seven the following year, 154 innings, 3.51. Uh, 2016, 199 innings, which is his career high. Uh, 14 and four, 307, and then 2017. I don't know what the hell went on with him there. 178 innings, 13 and 12, 4.74, and then last wow. year, 156 innings. But you know, three seven five, right? Three seven five. He went 12 and six. How could you say that was a bad contract? He's missed time due to injuries, but outside of 2017, when he's been on the f- He's been on the mound. He's been really, really good. You can't say that's been a bad contract. My biggest point is that he's so dominant in the postseason that I need him to carry us through. I need him to win a World Series. And I can sit back and say that Tanaka deal was one of one of the best free agent, whatever you want to call him, international signings that Cashman's had. It still ranks up there as a pretty good one. Yeah. As of right now. I agree. I just, as it, look at his numbers. You can't argue those. I agree. I, we got kind of a little sidetracked here. And the last thing we'll bring up here today when we're talking about the Indians pitchers is that you read rumors that the Indians might want to tie Jason Kipnis to a potential deal with, say, Trevor Bauer because they want uh, Kipnis gets $14 million next year. It's last year of his deal, and then you would have to pay him a $2 million buyout, so you, he'd cost you $16 million on the books in 2019. I think if you're getting Bauer and Jason Kipnis... You're not getting Machado? No, not that you're not getting Machado, but that is such a no-brainer for the Yankees. That deal makes sense every single day of the week. I don't know. I don't know how credible that is or if it was just a theory... Was it reported that the Indians were actually throwing that out there? That that's they what want they to get want? rid of his contract. They want to. Get, they definitely want to get rid of his contract. They don't want to pay. So that wasn't just a theory that some writer put together that the that the Indians could want to do that, and that would make the most sense. It was the Indians implying that that was their goal. Well, think about it like this: How, the the Mariners had to tie Edwin Diaz to get Robinson Cano out of there, right? So if they really want Kipnis off the books, they're going to tell their biggest two trade chips, you want them, you got to take this contract back, right? Yeah, I think it makes a uh, bunch of sense. Kipnis is a second baseman. <coughs> so right there, and that fills an immediate need for a middle infielder. You play Glaber as much as the Yankees don't want to, but he's your shortstop until Didi gets back. And yeah. Kipnis slides into second base. Now, you know, you're listening to... Indians people say his production is down, but you know, a guy put in 147 games last year. His batting average was low, you know, uh, 230 on base, kind of low, 315. But the power production was there. 18 home runs. He had uh, 28 doubles, 75 runs batted in. You know, and guess what? Guess what he does? Puts the ball in play. He swings the bat with his left hand or from the left side. And he and he's a contact hitter. 
Not when you're bad. Not when you're bad. No, I mean like he's he he puts the ball in play. Does he have a lot of strikeouts? He had 112 strikeouts last year and 600 played. What were they before though? Uh, well, 2017 was an injury season. So the most strikeouts he's ever had in a year is 146. But last year you're telling me 116. Yeah, that's half of what Stanton and Judge put up. Yeah, so he doesn't strike out a ton. He's a left-handed hitter with some pop in his bat, and you're gonna plug him in to play second base half the year. Is that terrible to take that on for one year at 16 million dollars? No, not at all. To get Bauer, <laughs> absolutely. And not. if you know that the Indians are tying that contract to Trevor Bauer, you're not gonna have to probably part with Miguel Andujar. Right. Exactly. And then you don't need Manny Machado. Exactly. Now you could get Bryce Harper. Hello, Mr. Hopper. More and more that if that deal is really out there, that's something that Brian Cashman has to make. Hello, Mr. Bryce Hopper. Welcome to New York. So we're both in agreement. I mean, like you just that's something the Yankees have to do if they're being presented that. If that's a realistic option, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. You know what else is a no brainer? I'd have to say Diggsies.com is a no-brainer because not only have I now won money on Diggsies.com, but my cousin has now won a ton of money on Diggsies.com because you know who he bet last week? Who he bet? The Giants. Who are they playing this week? The Washington Redskins. Oh, I'd put all your money on them again. Mark Sanchez. Because my Redskins fell apart. I was a Redskins fan again this year, and then they fell apart. So now I don't care anymore. Well, you, once you hear this pod, you can't actually bet on that game. But <laughs> it do, do, doesn't take away from what Diggsies does. It does not. They're actually, they have 65% winners day in and day out. They're going to kind of guide you on who to bet. If you're in New Jersey, obviously DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, a couple other apps out there allow you to bet on sports now. So get off the bench and into the game Diggsies.com is your one-stop shop for sports betting advice. Whether your sport of choice is the NFL, NBA, NHL, or NCAA, Diggsies.com has you covered. Again, daily, weekly, or monthly picks on every sport, they are going to give you 65% winners day in and day out. If they have a losing ticket, you actually get a free ticket the next day or whenever you want it. So it's risk-free at that point. Diggsies.com is your one-stop shop. To go when you are ready to win. Use promo code NYYST to get a 10% discount on your package today. That's digsies.com, D-I-G-S-I-E-S.com. Get on it. Win some money. Join me. Join Chris in winning some money with Digsies. Money. And then you can use some of that money to go on the NYYST fan shop and buy some merch. Yes, you can. And uh, you'll see a tweet about this later today, but... Because we're getting close to Christmas and we've actually had some people miss out on our Black Friday one day only sale. We are going to be bringing back the Judge Ugly Christmas t-shirt for one week only from Monday through Sunday of this week. From when the pod drops until the following Sunday for one week only, you'll be able to purchase the Judge Ugly Christmas t-shirt. And it's going to be at a really good price. Excellent price. Excellent. Anyway, uh, we really did it. This is actually our 89th episode. We're getting close to the big one. We're going to be, uh, we'll be back in the middle of the week uh, to do some winter meeting stuff. Probably Tuesday night we'll record. Yes. And if, and if 
You and I have some previous engagements on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. If so everything whole- pans out schedule-wise, we should have a nice guest for you reporting right from the winter meeting. So hopefully that pans out. Something to look forward to if you're listening to this pod. Make sure you also tune in Wednesday because uh, it should be a little treat for us. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully? Hopefully. Hopefully it is. I like that little pun there. Is that a pun? Uh, play on words. Play on words. Whatever play you on words. Yeah, pun. You know, uh, last week when we uh, we said the Yankees should go out and order a happer, a happer with cheese. I know. That guy where I was like, well, if I was there, I would have said a happer meal. But if guess, I was there, I would have made the show so much better. But guess what's that guy, right? You you're, weren't here. You're on a train. You're on a train. You're, on that midnight train in you know, Georgia. You ever seen the movie Taken? No. Yes. I will find you and I will kill you. Well, ever since Taken came out, um, every movie that Liam Neeson makes is just taken on a, <laughs> is just taken on like a different level. Not on a different like level. Like a plane, Yeah, train. like he, he had a movie where it was taken on a plane. He had a movie where it was like taken <laughs> on a train. Then it was taken in the woods. Well, he's so typecasted at that point. So like it would, so that guy Ryan and I were talking about this when we went to go see Creed because there's actually a new Liam Neeson movie where it's taken on a tank. Oh my God. I'm very excited for it actually. Is I, it literally called taken on a tank? No, but it's, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I don't get these people that well, I get, I get, you know, it's, it's their own thing, but that they're like, oh, it's mindless entertainment. I don't like it. Like people that don't like, like the new Avengers trailer dropped on uh, Friday and people were like, oh, it's just another superhero movie. It's not, it's doesn't, it's just mindless entertainment. Duh. Like when I go to the movies, I don't want to friggin' think. I just want to melt my yeah, mind for a couple I'm of hours. I'm not going to spend money then at that point. If it's a movie that I'm ecstatic about which isn't many anymore i'll go to the movies and see it but if it's something mindless i'm gonna wait for it to come out and watch it on my big screen tv but i'm just saying like uh why does everything you know like it's a superhero movie like why does it have to well to you the movies is like a thing for you that's like always been your thing why is it you enjoy going to the movie or something you know you enjoy going to the movies so you just go and do that maybe these people just don't want to to go to the movie. But if it was like some art house movie, they would go spend like $80 to go <laughs> see it. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know how we got off on this because I was trying to make a point about Ryan. Not being here on a train. Taking, taking, because he was he was being douchey on the train. He was a douchebag douchey, on the train. Instead of taking on it, it's like when Ryan's on a train, it's like douchey on a train. Douchebag on a train. And then, then could, he apologized to me. We could write that movie. We could. Let's work he, on after it. he heard the pod and I told him he needed to apologize to you, he he did? He did. In a private message. No. I, it was on here. You must have just missed it. I it was in our group. Yeah. So uh, in case you haven't, Chris has a new solo pod out. I don't know if you want yeah. to tell the fans about that. I do. Bronx Prescriptions. Actually, uh, Speaking of douchey, the, the uh, cover art for it, you look like a supreme douchebag. I'm supposed to look like a supreme douche. That was actually what I was going for. Um crazy amount of support right off the bat i appreciate everything check it out i'm gonna do every tuesday and your show's coming out soon too right yes i have a a show coming out uh i told the fans i broke it i broke it out or announced it on this past thursday that i was going to be doing every wednesday and then my wife tells me yesterday that we have 
something we have to do on Wednesday. So I'm probably going to debut it this Thursday. But the plan is to do it every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Right now, it's tentatively called Hitting Heavy. Uh, I love it. I might change the words around a little bit. Okay. but Still fair. It's. I'll probably just leave it alone because then I have to ask the art department to change the <laughs> graphic again. And we know what scummy pricks they can be. Yeah. Uh, taking seven hours to do something for you is really scummy. Um, but we're just kind of trying to throw out as much content as we can. I think it's really good to have a separate opinion and, and talk with the fans and then come on here and banter a little as well. You know what the, I, I don't know if it's a word is heartwarming or not thing about it is that when people heard we were doing solo shows and they were like, well, what about the NYY Sports Talk podcast? <laughs> yeah. like, you guys aren't going to stop doing that. No, it's because we want to produce more content for you. Right. It's not always easy for us to get together at the same time. So we're still going to strive to do that definite one pod a week. And right now, while there's things to talk about, two pods a week. But then, you know, while we're able to adjust to our own separate schedules, Chris can do a pod. I can do a pod. This way you have more content without us having to see each other. And you know what? You listen to this show and it's more of a longer show covering a lot at once. Where just looking at the statistics and and throughout all of the podcast world, not everyone's sitting down and listening to hour long or more shows at one time. These shows are meant to be a little bit quicker than me and you were doing, uh, covering something specific at that time. And it's just more content growing the brand. And so far, I've released mine. You can find me on iTunes or wherever right now, Bronx Prescription, or you could just type in MIY Sports Talk. All, all of our shows are going to end up showing up doing that as well um, just to kind of get as much Yankees, Yankees talk as you possibly can in one week. And just to give people a heads up for my show, mine will also stream live on Twitter. Yes, that's then, the initial breakout. And then uh, whenever Chris gets around to it, I mean, I bust his balls a lot, but I got to... It's the Christmas season, and I'm going to be nice for like 12 oh, seconds. I like this. My man does so much work behind the scenes that this entity wouldn't exist without him. <laughs> and thank you. When he says that he's smarter than me, I he's smarter than me in the fact that I could never ever do this because I just don't have the patience, or at this point in my life, the the wherewithal to understand <laughs> it all. So, I mean, NYY Sports Talk, the whole technical aspect of it, behind-the-scenes stuff, is all run on his back, so... Why, Christian, I thank you. So, there you go. Um, And yes, while my pod will be Yankee-centric, I will talk other things in it that that. Chris does not want me to bring up so much on the show. Like, yeah, we banter a little bit about off-topic stuff like when we have Joe or Dan on I'll bring up a WWE question or you know I'll try to slip in some some Rocky talk or some Avengers talk or whatever but I would say if we're gonna do a half hour show 20 minutes will probably be dedicated to the Yankees and 10 minutes will be for other stuff that I'm interested in so that fans can have a little bit different side because I know there's a lot of fans out there that also have other interests besides the Yankees that I do get asked my opinion on on Twitter. So now you'll have a I like a, that. a pod, a live video stream to do and and hear about those types of things. I like that. 
And what the craziest thing about this goddamn show is the two of us were sitting here this morning like, what we're, the hell are we going to talk, talk about? about? And we're over an hour and, what, 15 minutes now? Yeah, we'll probably be, by the time I'm done doing my work on this, probably be closer to an hour. So anybody that loves NYY Sports Talk is going to get more of Chris, more of me, and be sure to send Chris a thank you tweet for all his hard work behind the scenes. But just know that I'm the real talent. Yeah. I'm the talent. I'm in front of the mic. Right. I carry this right. whole thing. I'll let you run with You're that. behind the mic. You carry it back there. Right. I agree. I'm going to agree with that's you. That's fine, right? Okay. okay. I'll give you that. All right. So this has been episode 89 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. We thank you for listening. Uh, you sat through this whole thing. The last 10 minutes, you probably skipped out on it. It was just... My us, favorite part of the pod. Just us bullshitting about you complimenting stuff you probably don't me. even care about anyway. Yeah. He'll play that at my funeral. Remember? <laughs> Remember that one time he said something nice about me? Yep. Anyway, um nice empty chair over here. Nice, so empty. You think he'll be off the he'll, think he'll be off the train by the time we record on uh Yeah. Tuesday? Yeah. He'll be back. I'm a little nervous to see him though. I don't know how a train would change might change a person. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll put on a nice act for us. All right. So head to uh, Twitter and uh, follow us there at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, winter meetings, the cru- the whole big shebang begins Monday. As you're listening to this, the GMs and everybody will start arriving Sunday night. A lot of the business, the heavy hitting will start Monday and last throughout. Uh, I really think it's Thursday. Thursday is probably when, is that when they do the Rule 5 draft? I believe so. So really, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, a lot of every, most of the work is going to be done. Hopefully, by the time we record on Tuesday, we'll have some something juicy, like Juice. some, like a nice big fat steak, steak on the grill. The main course. I'm excited. Me too. I, 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 this is like Christmas for baseball fans, and you you want that, and you want the bike. You've been or begging Hanukkah. your parents or Hanukkah, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, whatever. It is whatever the holiday is that you celebrate. That if you're you, also a Yankee fan, this is what that is. You, you've been begging your parents all year for the new bicycle. You don't want to walk away with an ugly Christmas sweater. No. All right. So that's it for me. Is that guy right? Guy anything to say? Oh, yeah. You're going to get a nasty text about that. I don't sound like that. And I'm not a douche on a train. <laughs> Chris! Say goodbye. <laughs>